This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, don't forget the Radiothon benefiting St. Margaret's House is tomorrow and Friday. We need your help. Again, uh, this this pandemic's been hard on everybody, but especially charities. It's been very difficult for them to raise the funds that they need to continue to do the work that they have to do. And many of them have had, even had an increased workload, and those resources are dwindling. So we will need your help on Thursday and Friday for that. So please stay tuned for that tomorrow and Friday. also want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. So we've got some COVID updates and a couple of good, a couple of bad I kind of want to go over some of the uh, some of the updates here, although there is one major, major story that uh, I didn't include here, so I'll have to get to that here in just a second. A uh, new study is suggesting that immunity to coronavirus may last for years, possibly even decades after infection. Now, it is possible for people to get the infection. Again, it is just extremely rare, and sometimes the infection... I should say the reinfection is very, very mild, and other times it is more serious than the first infection. So it just kind of depends, but it is extremely rare. The vast majority of people who get the virus become immune to the virus. It's one of the, one of the things that has really high hopes of these vaccines, because the vaccines create, even according to the research anyway, that they're telling us, even more of these antibodies uh, that you would get if you were actually um, infected with COVID. So what uh, what exactly is happening with that? You know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll get to the Pfizer uh, updates here in just a few minutes. So a new study shows that individuals who have recovered from COVID-19 suggest that immunity against the virus may last several years or even decades after infection. Now, again, they're just they're kind of looking at, you know, all of the traditional markers and things like that, that they could look at. I don't need to bore you with all the details because many of you are going, how do they know immunity is going to last decades? It's only been a year. It's a fair point. Uh, but they're looking at, you know, your your uh, B cells, T cells, things like that inside of your body. They're doing the counts on that and, and that sort of thing. So um, it looks like it looks like if you get the virus and recover, you'll be immune from the virus for the overwhelming majority of people for a long, long time. Very good news. Uh, the FDA has also authorized the first at-home COVID-19 test, and that should give you results pretty quick. The FDA authorized the at-home COVID-19 test, which will develop results within an hour. The agency announced the emergency use authorization for Lucera COVID-19 all-in-one test kits. They did last night. So the test, which requires a prescription, works in about 30 minutes, according to the FDA. Uh, people will swab themselves. They will swirl it in. Uh, in a vial that is then placed in a test unit. The kit is authorized for home use for patients 14 years or older. It can also be used in places like hospitals for patients of any age. Uh, and again, this is a prescription-only thing. They don't want, we're, already, we're already running out of toilet paper again. I mean, people are really worried about uh, a Biden presidency, so they're, they're going out there and they're buying up all of the toilet paper. I tried telling you all to invest in a bidet, didn't I? Did you listen to me? Nope. Probably not. Some of you did. Those people are A-OK -okay <laughs> in the toilet paper department. The rest of you, not so much. Uh, Lucera said that the tests were expected to initially roll out in California 
and Florida in the near future. The kits will then be widely available across the country spring of 2021. They will cost just 50 bucks. That's actually fairly affordable uh, considering what it does. Now, you will need a prescription, though, so it'll be one of those things where your doctor's going to have to sign off on it, and they don't want the supplies to be bought up and, and people to not have them. Uh, there's also another new study, and I think that this is quite interesting. Uh, it appears that a household product that many of you have in your house right now at this very moment will kill the virus. It's been under our noses the entire time. Actually, we've heard about this before, and people who mentioned it were called quacks. So... I look, there is there's something that kind of happens. First of all, you know, we've decided that things that were never scientifically valid before all of a sudden are scientifically valid. And we've also decided as a society that things that uh, were scientifically valid suddenly no, no longer are. And one of the other things we've also done is, you know, there is a very real argument to look at something and go, we don't have... Uh, full peer-reviewed clinical research on this, and therefore we can't corroborate that the claims being made for this thing will work. And that's pretty much what the so-called experts have been saying about all a whole host of things, uh, hydroxychloroquine initially and uh, some other things that have come out and ended up being proven correct. But, but when it comes to things like oh, masks, they don't care about peer-reviewed clinical trials anymore. They only care about the vaguest of of preliminary lab results so it's always a little interesting to watch how things kind of get covered i remember this coming up several months ago and i remember even a couple of you mentioning it and it got obliterated as a conspiracy theory and all sorts of other stuff well now there is a study that says this works and i am talking about gargling with mouthwash do you remember when gargling with mouthwash was being floated around as a possible possible defense against COVID? Do you remember that? And the entire medical, uh, medical industrial complex, I guess, uh, they all said, no, 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 that won't do anything. Well, it does, actually. A study in Wales, the Wales University, what is the uh, Cardiff University, which is in Wales, excuse me, Cardiff University found that if a person gargled with mouthwashes containing at least 0.07% of CPC, which is what, uh, cepyridinium chloride, whatever that is, so CPC, if you do that, within 30 seconds of being exposed to the virus, there were promising signs that you could actually fight the virus off. Now, how many people are at realistically going to be, you know, gargling this mouthwash within 30 seconds of being exposed? Not realistically, all right? So does it work? Yeah. Is it practical? Probably not. Now, if somebody, maybe like a delivery driver or somebody stops by the house and they're there for just a couple of seconds, maybe they sneeze or they cough or whatever, go gargle real quick, right? As long as you've got a mouthwash that has CPC in it, at least 0.07%. If it doesn't have CPC in it, you're not going to do any good. Uh, that's the ingredient that they have found in mouthwashes that actually kills the virus. So according to the Evening Standard, the study was conducted in a lab. It mimics similar conditions to a human's nasal passage. 
While these mouthwashes effectively eradicate the virus in the laboratory, we need to see if they work in patients, and this is the point of our ongoing clinical study. It is important to point out that the study won't give us any direct evidence of viral transmission between patients. That would require a different type of study on a much larger scale. So I remember this coming up. I remember people saying, if you gargle with mouthwash, it'll kill the virus. And there were like preliminary results that were out there. It said, it's it's kind of interesting which prelim, preliminary results are accepted as gospel and which are not, right? Uh, there's some real evidence here. Cardiff University's latest study shows that gargling with mouthwashes that have CPC within about half a minute or so of being exposed to the virus will kill it. So... Like I said, is that a practical defense against the virus? No, not at all. But it's still an extra tool in your tool chest that does appear, at least in their preliminary results, it does appear to be effective. Okay, uh, we'll go over the Pfizer stuff in just a minute. And we're also going to start getting into, well, some of the other things that may not be so positive. We'll talk about that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Friendly reminder, we're broadcasting live on DLive right now. DLive.tv slash Casey the host. C-A-S-E-Y. All right, so new results are in from Pfizer. So they came out uh, a little while ago. So end of October, Moderna announced that they were going to be having their their vaccine trial results independently certified and that they were going to release them in possibly mid-November. And right after that, Pfizer, right after the election, Pfizer comes out and goes, our vaccine is 90% effective. Uh, their you know, stark stock went up, CEO sold, what, six, $7 million in stock. And, and then we got the results from Moderna that had it at 95% or 94.5%, whatever it was. And now... Pfizer's, uh, they say that they're 95% effective. So actually better than what they were claiming before. It's all, it, it, you're, you're dealing with uh, corporate rivalry and politics and stuff here too. But um, So Pfizer now says that their data demonstrates that their clinical trial, their vaccine is 95%. Moderna's is what, 94.5, I believe. So they're you know pretty close to one another. Uh, Moderna has... 20 million doses ready to go. And Pfizer thinks that they'll have 50 million doses shipped in 2020. And then they're going to go up to 1.3 billion doses by the end of next year. So right now, if these two companies are on track, right, let's just say that their estimates are correct. And and Moderna has like literally 20 million vials just sitting there ready to ship. They had it ready to go. They were that confident. Um, We have 70 million doses of the vaccine from these two companies that we should see at a bare minimum. And Moderna is obviously going to wrap up their ramp up their production. They have 20 million sitting on the shelf ready to go. They will obviously start manufacturing more. Um, So we, we could be getting anywhere between 70 and 100 million doses of vaccine by the end of 2020 right so the uh the the trump administration is uh, getting together and they are looking at who the the priorities are the cdc and people in the trump administration the executive branch are getting together to figure out who the recipients of the first doses of the vaccine will end up being 
Obviously, you're going to deal with uh, some of the first responders and frontline workers in the hospitals and things like that that will will get this stuff, and then they'll start moving into the senior community. So, um, I mean, theoretically, by you know the first quarter of 2021, the danger populations should be inoculated, and if the vaccines do work, um, and again, they're showing that they work in clinical trials, it doesn't mean that they will work in the real world, right? And most of the people in the trials are also people who are not at serious risk from the virus. So there's some speculation about that. Now, again, you can count B cells, T cells, things of that nature that that can, you know, adjust for that. But um, we'll, we'll ultimately see. But there's high hopes. And if that's the case, then probably by the end of the first quarter, I would assume, then most of the the at sick, at risk, not at sick, at risk population in the United States should have a vaccine available to them should they take it. Now, again, be prepared. If you have relatives in senior care facilities, they'll probably get kicked out if they don't take one. You know, it's and I think that most people are probably going to want to take one anyway, especially if they're in the danger category. Might as well risk the the vaccine rather than the virus. The virus is is going to kill you, but or it has a stronger likelihood of killing you anyway. So I think you'll probably find a lot of people will be compliant with that, but there will be resistors. And, and if you happen to know somebody who is going to be a resistor to that, who is in one of those facilities, be prepared for that person to have to find a new place to live. You know, I, I told you before, just be on the lookout for this stuff. And eventually, as we get into 2021 and, you know, beyond, they, this is going to be one of those things that is required for your kid to go to school. And they're not going to let your kid in school without it. They're doing all sorts of, of theoretical requirements now that are popping up in state legislatures all over the country that you're going to have to have this vaccine if you're going to do anything, uh, even flying. I saw a report about that today where you're going to have to have the vaccine to even be able to fly at one point once it's readily available. Obviously, that wouldn't they, they can't do that now. So we'll we'll see. All right. So let's get into some other covid stuff here. So Pfizer, again, good news on on Pfizer. So we've got two highly effective vaccines and clinical trials that are getting ready for emergency authorization and should start getting out tens of millions of doses by the end of this year. All right. That's good news. Uh, North Carolina's coronavirus case numbers. Are they inflated? WRAL.com says some scientists say they are. Huh. This sounds familiar. All right. Here we go. North Carolinians have taken more than 3 million coronavirus tests during the pandemic with with uh, PCR testing accounting for 97% of the positive results. All right. Uh, let's see. The uh, PCRs, those tests, involve rapidly making millions to billions of copies of a specific DNA sample through a process called cycling, amplifying it enough to study in detail. While the test is widely regarded as accurate when it comes to positive or negative for coronavirus, some in the scientific world say that it provides an incomplete picture. Hey, I've been telling you this since, I think, June. June. Dr. Carl Hennigan, director of the University of Oxford Center for Evidence-Based Medicine, he is amazing, by the way, told The Spectator magazine in London that the black and white nature of the test is leading to an inflated number of cases. We have found RNA evidence in shedding for 78 days. When you're picking an, picking up asymptomatic people, you have no idea if they have an active infection or did they have it two months ago. So what he is saying is, he's saying you can do this test. So let's say you had the virus. You have the virus you know, two weeks, right? Goes by and, and you know that's generally what we go by is two weeks right now. 
78 days later, you could still show up positive for the virus even though you haven't had the virus for 78 days. But it shows up in the test. Now, remember when I said that, and I had a bunch of you amoebas out there say that I was a quack, even though all I was doing was pointing out what the scientific research says. Again, air quote, listen to the experts, right? So I keep pointing this out. And now, after the election, we find out that Dr. Fauci on July 16th agreed with me. <laughs> and here's Carl, Carl Hennigan, um, who honestly, if you want to follow anybody, if you're going to pick one person, one person follow who's not like... Uh, you know, political commentator, whatever. If you're going to follow one person on the virus, follow Carl Hennigan. Forget about everybody else. If you're going to follow one person, Carl Hennigan is your guy. That's the one to follow. And right from the beginning. Just for the record, he's been a heck of a lot more right than Fauci has. He's been more right than Burks has, and Burks has been more right than Fauci. So, for its coronavirus test, North Carolina's state public health lab cycles a DNA sample up to 37 times before deciding whether it's positive or negative. LabCorp, the main private tester in the state, has a cycle threshold that's even higher at 38. Okay, and I realize that this doesn't mean much to the average person out there, but just bear with me, okay? Uh, WRAL investigates went through the specs of dozens of PCR tests that asked for emergency approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The cycle thresholds range from as low as 35 to as high as 40, depending on the maker. The higher the threshold goes, the dimmer the signal is or translated to virus, the lower amount of virus is present. Now, that is Thomas Denny, the chief operating officer of Duke University's Human Vaccine Institute. Just so we're crystal clear of what's happening here. Once again, Casey Hendrickson's not telling you this. WRAL, which is a legitimate, traditional, standard news outfit, is telling you this. One of the top infectious disease experts at Ford University is telling you this. Duke University experts are telling you this. Not me. Just want to make that crystal clear, because I know that some of you only hear with one ear. Now, if Casey says it, even if he's quoting some of the most prestigious people in the world, it doesn't mean anything because Casey's saying it. So I just want you to be crystal clear here that this is not me saying any of this. Once again, and it doesn't matter how many times I'm proven right, people still don't listen. The viral load that I've been telling you about for months, at least back till June, the viral load on these new cases oftentimes means that they don't have an active infection and they cannot infect anybody else, which is why, okay, bear with me here. We're going to talk simple math. This is why you see, for those of you watching the video on DLive, this is why you see positive infection rates doing this, going right up, but you're still seeing the death rates do even and down. That's why. Now, it's not that way in 100% of the spots of the world. Indiana right now, it's very different, okay? But I'm not talking about the state of Indiana. I'm talking about the country. The higher thresholds raise questions when people are labeled as positive, he said, noting that the test could detect inactive virus. I've been saying this since June. And again, it's not something that I came up with. I was just quoting the experts. The media won't tell you what those experts say. The media only cares about the experts who politicize all of this stuff and spread fear porn. That's all they care about. They want you to be afraid, so you watch the news every day. 
So once again, you've got more experts, prominent experts, and even a traditional news outfit, in case you don't consider me one, telling you that we have a real problem, at least in the state of North Carolina, but this test is done globally. Where you have viral loads of inactive virus that you cannot spread the virus to another human being and you are still testing positive for having COVID. Look at the backlash Elon Musk got the other day when he said, I had four tests done at the same time. Two were positive and two were negative. And people were all over him. How dare you uh, jeopardize the trust in the system on this? No. What he is doing is he is pointing out that there is an accuracy issue here and people need to pay very close attention to that. But he was being chastised because he was pointing out this basic fact. A guy who works in the sciences, by the way. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank you for tuning in and joining us today? All right. I want to thank R&B Car Company. If you're looking for a used car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover, go to rbcarcompany.com. You can also uh, mention me when you go over there. All right. So let's talk a little election stuff. I'm coming back to some COVID stuff a little bit later. There is a new study that's been released on masks. So we'll talk about that. Uh, may have to adjust our attitudes on masks a little bit. So we'll, we'll get to all of that. We've got uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff on Michigan and Gretchen Whitmer and everything else. So don't worry. We're going to cover a lot today. We're still not even remotely going to get to all of it. I'm trying to decide if I should do open lines at four o'clock. I mean, I've got a lot to talk about, so I probably won't. And since this will be the last content day of the week because we've got the Radiothon Thursday and Friday, usually I will do that, but I don't think that I'm going to have time, to be honest with you. All right, so uh, the Georgia GOP chair was monitoring the DeKalb County results. I don't know if you all saw this. And there was a... And I'm... I'm you have to understand, right? We We talked about... Uh, one of the table monitors in was I think that was in Georgia too. One of the table monitors in Georgia uh, earlier this week caught the person who's supposed to. So there's one person that counts, you know, looks at the ballot and says this ballot is for so and so, and then the person next to them is supposed to verify by looking at that ballot that the first person wasn't wrong, and this person in three minutes caught them changing the vote three times from Trump to Biden. And the the auditor caught the error and had to correct this person. But at another table, that was table 17. This is all in Georgia. At another table, table 18, the auditor wasn't even verifying what the counter was saying. The counter was just calling out Trump or Biden, and they were just throwing it in the pile. They weren't even verifying if it was true. So there's been a lot of issues in Georgia. Well, um, 9,626 vote error was discovered in DeKalb County. <laughs> uh, George is a mess. 
Georgia is a mess. There's now a third county in Georgia that they found votes on. This one's a smaller batch. It was like just under 300, but there's still a third county. So in three counties, they have found whole batches of ballots that were not counted. And that, by the way, has increased Trump's vote and dwindled Biden's lead in all three circumstances. And now you've got DeKalb County with a 9,600 vote error that was there. So one of the monitors discovered a 9,626 uh, vote error in the DeKalb County hand count. That is according to the GOP chairman, David Schaefer. He tweeted this out uh, this morning. One batch was labeled 10,707 for Biden and 13 for Trump. An improbable margin, even by DeKalb standards. The actual count for the batch was 1,081 for Biden and 13 for Trump. So they added, they added more, well, 90, 90, oh, 9,600 votes to this thing. I, it's just 9,626 votes. Now, what that would have done is that would have effectively deleted all of the gains that Trump has made in these found ballot batches that they keep finding all over the state of uncounted votes. So all of the ground that Trump gained would have been erased by this one mistake, air quote, mistake. But they caught it, they got it fixed, but who the heck knows how many more of these things are out there. You got three counties in Georgia now, three with batches of uncounted votes, and every single time they count them, Trump gains on Biden. Every time. By like wide margins. <laughs> so... They caught it, but who knows how often this is happening in other places. And, and like I said, you just had the the auditor uh, in, in Georgia earlier this week say that they weren't even verifying that the ballots were correct when they were calling them out. So who knows how many mistakes are out there. Air quote, mistakes, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, we got uh, more coming up. There's a lot of election news. It's just I know it's, it's COVID election, COVID election, COVID election. We were supposed to hopefully be done with at least one of these topics by now, right? So we've got a lot more coming up, including what stuffing the tail means. That's coming up on 95.3 MNC. Thank you, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3. Michigan is news. Again, I am your person. All right, let's take a look here at a couple of the things that we have. Uh, there's been a statistical analysis, and, and a lot of them have been done on the election uh, everybody keeps narrowing in on Pennsylvania, and there's just a lot of really weird anomalies in Pennsylvania. Uh, so, for example, the data shows Biden at net. Now, I'm going to explain what this means in a second, so don't let your head explode, okay? The data shows Biden is negative 21,215.45, while Democrats are plus 1.19. Now, this, what this means is, is that the number of Biden votes in 10 of the outlier counties, okay, the number of Biden votes in the 10 outlier counties was 101% of registered Democratic voters. So in those counties, what they're, they're showing in 10 outlier counties in Pennsylvania is that there was a mass revolt of Republicans and independence away from Trump to Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. Now, the study makes it very clear that this is not proof of fraud, 
but that this is a statistically implausible irregularity. So it just doesn't make any sense why this would happen. So <laughs> you, in, in Pennsylvania, look, it, the reality is that there wasn't a mass revolt against Trump in Pennsylvania, but there was a bit of one against Biden. I, so I, the idea that 10 of these outlier counties would have 101% of the votes going to Biden as compared to the registered Democrats in those counties. Now that's not to say that more people voted than are registered to vote in those counties. It's just the democratic party. So that means a hundred percent of all Democrats voted for Joe Biden. And at least 1% of the Republicans voted for, uh, voted for Trump, but he, he outperformed Democrats there. Now I ran into something here recently and a lot of people had, you know, started to notice this. Isn't it strange that you, you have Joe Biden, okay? Joe Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every single city except for four. Okay, I want to say this again. Joe Biden, who now we are supposed to believe got the most votes of any presidential candidate in American history... Joe Biden outperformed Hillary Clinton in every city except for four of them. Now, does that seem likely to any of you? There was mass enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton. There was no enthusiasm for Joe Biden. And I don't believe the anti-Trump enthusiasm was even that big. Uh, so only four cities did he actually outperform Hillary Clinton? And yet somehow he won this election with the largest vote margin ever? Eh. Eh. Still more claims about Smartmatic in flipping votes in Pennsylvania, possibly. And like I said, you know, a lot of that speculation, I'm just passing it on to you because it is out there. Um, a pair has been charged with voter fraud. They submitted thousands of fraudulent applications on behalf of homeless people in California. Again, voter fraud doesn't exist. Two men have been charged in 41 count criminal complaint for allegedly submitting thousands of fraudulent voter registration applications on behalf of homeless people, according to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office on Monday. So again, real voter fraud, real arrests, multiple states have already started happening. There is also a disability service coordinator who has now become a whistleblower and has come forward and said that there was mass voter fraud in group homes, which for the record is where a lot of this voter fraud ends up happening. A lot of voter fraud is almost impossible to catch unless you actually film it or somebody says something. Um, but basically they were saying that, um, uh, they're the uh, client after client of development, developmentally disabled people uh, were told the same story that their vote was stolen from them. So this is all in in and around Milwaukee and that people were forced to vote for Joe Biden. And if that person is telling the truth again, I mean, these things have to be investigated. We don't know if these people are not telling the truth, if they are telling the truth, and that has to be looked into, right? We're told that you have to look into everything because, after all, we are dealing with the President of the United States. We'd have to look into that. So there's a lot of evidence out there, some nefarious stuff. Whether it's enough to overturn it, I guess we'll find out. More coming up next.